This is Amber one-on-one, and of course, I'm Amber Sky. As many sports fans, I know there's one player or one team we're just drawn to for some reason. There's a story behind it. And for me with Big Ben, it is Week 8, 2014, against the Indianapolis Colts. Big Ben crushed this game. He walked out there and threw six touchdown passes for a total of 522 yards, shattering records in Heinz Field. And I know it's a game not only me, but many Steelers fans won't forget. This was the game that made me fall in love with Big Ben all over again. And he was wearing none other than the beautiful black and yellow big old Bumblebee jersey. So as I stand here right now, I am wearing my Big Ben, my Bumblebee, my extra large men's too big for me looks like a dress jersey. Because as we walk into week three, my Big Ben, the Big Ben that's led us to Super Bowl wins, will not step on the field again for the 2019 season. And this is just heartbreaking as a Steelers fan. This is a new era of the Pittsburgh Steelers football. And I'm low-key looking forward to it. But at the same time, it's such a sad moment to see a future Hall of Fame quarterback go out in such a way. Big Ben has played at least 12 games regular season since the moment we drafted him back in 04. So this is something we haven't seen as a Steelers franchise in over a decade. And as a fan, it's hard to see a player like that go down, but it's exciting to see the next man step up and take his position. I'm ready for Mason Rudolph to walk into San Francisco this week and to show what he's been learning from Big Ben over the last year and a half. We do have Big Ben on the sidelines, so it's not going to be too different for the Steelers franchise. We're still going to have his face around, but it's just going to be a different playing field for that offense. I know Mason Rudolph is going to have a great season because we still have our great wide receiving core and even better running backs to complement the young quarterback. I know a lot of people are going to be doubting my Pittsburgh Steelers this year, but we just have a lot to prove. We're going into an 0-2 start for Mason Rudolph, so this is going to be an easy, cool breeze for him. There's no pressure. Pittsburgh heads out to San Francisco this week, and then we have Cincinnati and Baltimore at home. Some big divisional games that will really set Mason Rudolph on the right path in the AFC North. Don't count my Pittsburgh Steelers out quite yet. The New Orleans Saints head on out to Seattle this week. This is going to be a different game for the New Orleans Saints with the injury to Drew Brees, but I think Teddy Bridgewater is walking into a great opportunity in New Orleans, a little different than what he had in Minnesota to work with. With his 29 touchdown passes to complement his 23 interceptions, the young quarterback has a lot to prove going into this game against the Seattle Seahawks this week. The offense in New Orleans is a little bit different than what Teddy Bridgewater started out with in Minnesota, so this might be a different Teddy Bridgewater. It's going to be interesting to see what this young quarterback can do with the Saints playing the Cowboys, Bucks, and the Jags over the course of the next few weeks, but I'm not counting the Saints out quite yet. I know the Seattle defense is going to be really pushing in at Teddy Bridgewater, but I think the New Orleans Saints are going to come out on top. I know the Seattle Seahawks are 2-0, but they also played Cincinnati week one and then turned around and played the big binless Steelers for a win by two points. They've won the last two weeks by a three-point margin, and that's just as many points as the Patriots defense allowed any offense over the last two weeks including my Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm definitely going with New Orleans for the win over Seattle this week. I know you're probably wondering why I want to talk about the Miami-Dallas game with Miami's rocky start to the season, but this should be interesting. Honestly, with the Miami game, I'm really watching to see who actually starts this week. Would it be Rosen over Fitzpatrick? 
They're fairly even when it comes to interceptions, but Fitzpatrick at least has one touchdown pass. Also, that Miami defense allowed eight touchdown passes and 391 yards the past two weeks. That's the most since the Oakland Raiders back in 2014. So I'm excited to see what Dak can do against this defense. Dak has been on fire this year, so with this home game, I'm ready to watch this quarterback ball out and break some franchise records. Of course, I'm going with Dallas with the win over Miami. Joe Flacco and the Denver Broncos head on out to play the 2-0 Green Bay Packers this week, and I'm super excited to see what Joe Flacco can do against this defense. I know it's going to be a high-scoring game with Joe Flacco and Aaron Rodgers playing against each other, and Joe Flacco's been on it this year. I've been loving the Joe Flacco in Denver. He's kind of fallen off the map over the last few years in Baltimore. It was kind of hard to see a future Hall of Fame quarterback be talked about in such a way, but hey, it was the Baltimore Ravens I was doing some of the talking. With his fresh start in Denver, Joe Flacco is not holding anything back. He's really been showing us that MVP quality quarterback in my opinion. I know those Denver Broncos are 0-2, but they also played some fairly good teams their first two weeks. In my opinion, it was that defense that held the Denver Broncos from winning that game at Oakland week one. And if you didn't watch the Bears-Broncos game from week two, you need to go back and watch the last five minutes because that game was crazy. That game really came down to who had the ball in the last second, and it just happened to be the Bears with that 53-yard winning field goal. Green Bay put up some good numbers over the last few weeks, but I do expect them to fall against the Denver Broncos this week. And especially with Green Bay's short week going into Thursday night football against the Philadelphia Eagles, it's going to be a tough few weeks for the Green Bay Packers. That 2-0 record might go to 2-2 real quick. So y'all, my fantasy almost gave me a heart attack this week. It really came down to Monday Night Football, the Jets versus Cleveland. I don't know how I pulled this off. I was up by a total of 18.3 points going into Monday Night Football. I was hoping that Le'Veon Bell would just have a nice mediocre game and keep my Browns defense on the top. And if anybody was watching that Monday night game, you know my Browns defense came through and gave me the win I needed by 9.4 points. My Browns defense gave me 12 solid points and Le'Veon Bell had only 20.9. So it was a perfect way to win my week two fantasy football. I'm 2-0 right now. I have a tough competitor this week and I'm really trying to win this week. I did go ahead and drop the Browns defense for this week. I'm expecting a better outcome from my Steelers defense over the San Francisco 49ers rather than the Cleveland Browns versus the Rams this week. I know I'm going to win. I'm going to be 3-0. You got to speak it out into existence. My fantasy football team's going to be just fine with my switch-ups this week. So I want to talk about something from a complete football fan standpoint. As somebody who loves the game of football and loves to see every team do its best each week, and with my ever-wandering mind, I came up with the craziest idea that I just want to put out in the universe. Colin Kaepernick going to the Carolina Panthers. My mind came to this when Cam Newton started having his ankle injury again and they started looking at Allen and Greer being the only starting quarterback options for the Carolina Panthers. The Carolina Panthers are looking at only two options as quarterback, a rookie and a one-year quarterback. And in my opinion, that's just not the way to leave the Carolina Panthers. They have too many good players on that team to just leave them hanging like that. Now bear with me for a second. This isn't as far-fetched as you think. I'm thinking from a business standpoint, what is David Tepper thinking in his mind? The Carolina Panthers owner who brought in Eric Reed the first year he was the owner of the Carolina Panthers. And if many of you remember, Eric Reed was the right-hand man with Colin Kaepernick going through everything. 
Eric Reed was even denied work alongside a Colin Kaepernick, but got an opportunity to play in the league again as a Carolina Panthers because of what David Tepper wanted to do on his protest against racial injustice on and off the field. So I do see David Tepper even considering the idea of bringing Colin Kaepernick on and the idea that the Carolina Panthers franchise boycotting and season ticket holders giving up their seats because of this move would only breed more opportunity. With cities like Atlanta and Raleigh being so close to Charlotte, I feel like this would breed a new Carolina Panthers fan base. And Charlotte is such a big city. There's so many more fans here in the city of Charlotte that the boycotters are going to seem like the few to the many new fans the Carolina Panthers franchise would bring in with this move. I know this is a wild thought, something crazy I cooped up in my head one day and I just had to get it out there. Colin Kaepernick as a Carolina Panthers. I'm putting that out there in the universe. My crazy thought is going to come true.